Yeah, I'm gonna re recover the first thing though, okay. um, and it doesn't even have to be about the volume thing. But people think when they're in here working out that they're getting stronger and that they're making muscular gain. Yeah. Where where really you're doing the opposite when you actually work out. You're that's a cost to your body, right? Yeah. You're you're burning your um, stored energy. You're breaking down muscle muscle tissue. You're depleting um, all the really all the um, essential nutrients in the muscle, and then there's also kind of like that immune response too. you're like f for lack of a better term you're kind of weaker right after oh, absolutely. um so the real magic in like getting the most bang for your buck is in recovery not in the actual workout yeah. yeah and the best the best athletes are the ones that recover the best and that's across all sports like the nfl like they spend a ton of money and research trying to figure out how to make their athletes recover the best yeah. and, um, and how to balance that like strain or workout with recovery. And so things like the whoop and other like fitness trackers, um, and strain trackers, those are, you know, one way of doing it, but there is no, like, there's no clear evidence or no like clear way to know exactly the balance between recovery and workout. And yeah. so, um, that balance is like is uh very important and the better you are at that the better of an athlete you'll be and the faster you'll right get i mean I, I i view as your capacity to recover and especially of things we're talking about recovery because sleep plays such a pivotal role in it is that it's actually a superpower for you to be able to be able one sleep well but also eat well and it, and to make sure that your time spent in the gym is just so much more efficient i know you guys have talked about when you do elements and when i've uh, brought new people into the gym. One of the first questions that I ask is, "Well, how's your sleep? Mm -hmm. Or and how do you eat? And how do you? What kind of let's say supplements do you take? Because that's going to carry you so much further. The workout, the time you spend, that hard work that you're suffering through here in this gym is going to go so 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 much further if you if you've got yourself dialed in as far as nutritionally, sleep wise." mobility, all these things put together is going to make it so it could be, I would, I'm not, I don't think I'm being adventurous when I say it's probably five times more effective if you get that stuff titled in, mm -hmm. um, rather than just kind of winging it and just let the cards fall where they may. And even just from like a pure time commitment standpoint, yeah. like if, if you're a committed CrossFitter, meaning like you come to five, six classes a week and you really like get after it and you do all the stuff you're supposed to do here, that's only five or six hours a week of your time. What about the other couple hundred right. hours? In those couple hundred hours, that's where your body is adapting yep. to those five or six hours. And this that's can where even, the rebuilding happens. Right, yeah. and most of the time that's where the benefit is. Yep. Is It's not during the training sessions. That This might have been before our electronic <laughs> mishap, but... Um, the stimulus adaptation we talked about this on uh, one of the prior episodes but the workout is just the stimulus for your body but the adaptation doesn't happen during the workout or during the training it happens over the next couple days over the the weeks and the months of of uh consistent training yeah and then you can speed that process up with specific recovery based 
mobility, and also the, I think the single most important thing is, um, as far as that goes, is getting the proper amount of sleep, which I think is just tragic how so many of us fall, including myself at times, so fall abysmally short of it. But it's not, and, and some people, because I've had to go through that, that journey of trying to recover my sleep, the good news is I know there's a lot of things that I do poorly that probably um, are, are, uh, are a cause of my bad sleep. So I've got plenty of room for improvement. If I was doing everything right and I was still sleeping horribly, I'd be disheartened. But I, be, th those, all those little things that we do, whether that's light discipline, whether that's eating at the right time for blood sugar levels to be at a place where sleep is going to be conducive, even like when you take showers and when you wake up and when you go to sleep or like if you're going up and at sunset, which is <clears throat> conducive for your body to respond to a certain type of light to allow yourself to start winding down and getting up at sunrise and getting enough sun, sunlight, outdoor sunlight in the morning time that also triggers a response that tells you that it's time to wake up and on the rebound response time, time to go to sleep, that a lot of those things put together will make for an, an astonishing difference. And I think people don't value sleep because they don't understand the value of sleep. Yeah. And as an athlete specifically, as any human being, yes, like just for basic functioning and mental health and physical health and all that. But from an athlete's perspective, if you're training hard and you're under sleeping or like lack of quantity or lack of quality, that's where this might be news for some people, but that's where all of your major repair happens yeah that's right. where your hormones are released and that's where all the good ones that you want working yeah. spike when you're sleeping in deep states of sleep that's when um, you know protein synthesis is at its highest that's when you're in that uh, anabolic state the deepest for the longest yeah. and like real actual restoration of your muscle tissue can happen that doesn't happen when you're awake even if you're chilling on the couch like there's only a certain level of uh you know that um restorative function that's going to happen but when you're sleeping all those switches get turned on right and if you're chronically underdoing that in either quantity or quality then you know you're just in a lot of ways you could just be beating a dead horse even if you're training really hard right absolutely and i don't think that it's mysterious that when people have a lack of sleep and consistently on that those same people are going to have a, a humongous increase in injuries they're yeah. going to feel brain fog throughout the day what, what was uh, pretty surprising for me to hear is that I had heard in the book, Why We Sleep, uh, he's a Harvard psychologist and MD, who's a world-renowned sleep expert, that he had said that every single uh, mental pathology that there is has also an association with poor sleep. Hmm. So whether that's causation or correlation, that, that's two to be, be determined, but nonetheless, it's interesting that every single one, out of all of the ones that there are, that there's bad sleep involved, which goes to show just how important it is. Right. And there's plenty of, I mean, for you CrossFitters out there, go look up an interview of Matt Frazier, the best, you know, CrossFit athlete of all time, yeah. talking about his sleep. It, it To him, is sacrament. Right, yep. There's no, there's no uh, wiggle room whatsoever as far as when he goes to bed, yeah. how he goes to bed, how he wakes up. And the proof is in the science, too, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you could have two athletes, twins, you know, same, very similar genetic makeup, same age, whatever. Um, you could have them do the exact same workouts, but if one doesn't sleep as well as the other, you're going to see a huge oh, yeah. difference. In they won't even be close. Right. They won't even be close. So it just shows how like important sleep is, and that's kind of the number one. I would say that's a, 
number one tool for recovery and the thing that's going to impact your recovery the most would be sleep. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And you'll notice that any high-level athletes, any top-of-the-food-chain athletes, they're all making sure that, that sleep is a priority. Yeah. What would you say is like the, the next most important thing for recovery after sleep? Um, I, I would say they're kind of neck and neck but nutrition and hydration and they're in a lot of ways interconnected anyway yeah um if you're not eating fueling properly with the right amounts or the right uh nutrients then i always give people this example is like if you want to build a house and you just don't have enough wood to build the house the house ain't getting built right if you want to build strong muscular system and you're just not giving your body the raw building blocks which is amino acids which is protein it's just not going to happen you have to put those raw materials into your body and and in adequate amounts so that you can support uh muscle rebuilding because what you're doing when you're exercising is breaking down muscle tissue like we already said you're not building muscle tissue when you exercise you're breaking it down the only way to make it come back stronger bigger better is through recovery and through putting those things back in your body um and not just protein but uh you know carbohydrate intake is really important for having adequate energy levels and that helps with uh the uptake of protein and and protein synthesis to help rebuild so if if you're just you know this happens for some people and some people get away with you know the ketogenic diet or um we don't really prescribe one or the other we a lot of times tell people whole foods are best you know eat a balanced diet Uh, but without carbohydrates especially if you're doing this type of exercise, CrossFit style training, um, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle a lot of yeah. times, especially, especially for recovery. Yeah, and like long term, like you could, if you come in here and you have a hundred pounds to lose, like you could use a really low carb diet or a you know keto type diet to to work towards a weight loss goal. But performance wise, like long term, I've never met anybody that's done keto for five years and is a high level you know crossfitter yeah um, you know just because the the demands of those short high intensity workouts right. like they they require your blood sugar and um you know insulin levels and all that your glycogen to be at a certain level and carbs are going to be your main fuel for that so it's really hard to not have carbs right. and do yeah. crossfit and but i think <clears throat> i think that that it, it's kind of what what you got from based off of what you guys are saying my own knowledge of it that it's it's definitely not a one size fits all yeah. So everyone, based off of their specific goals, one person like saying, might be doing keto. Another person might have get some out of carnivore, whatever. Some other people might um, do well on an entirely different diet altogether. Maybe they can't do macros and micros. Mm-hmm. But it's good to start exploring what do you thrive best on and what not only do you thrive best on, I think, but what is the most um, attainable to, to have consistency with. Because the real magic ingredient, I think, is being the most consistent with it day yeah. after day. Mm. Because it's it's point you you could be performing at the top of the world, but if you can't maintain the diet, it's pointless. It's, it's meaningless. If you'll just fall back onto right. whatever default that you go to, then that that also can pose a problem. Yeah, if you get super fit and ripped over the course of two years because you're just super dedicated, weighing, measuring everything, and then ten years down the road you you burn out and it sucks and you gain 100 pounds back it's like what's the right what's the point so yeah can long-term consistency and nutrition i think are yeah. really important 
to bring it back uh, real quick to the glycogen thing, just for, I can imagine some people listening maybe don't know that term or, uh, you know, haven't been exposed to those ideas, but basically your, your muscular system stores energy in the form of glycogen and which is, you know, sugars for lack of a better term. And when you exercise, you're using those, uh, simple sugars to help the muscles contract and to help, you know, just the body do whatever it's doing to function. Um, so if you say like, say you do a really intense workout, you deplete your basically like uh, picture it as a gas tank, right? You're depleting, uh, those fuel systems. Maybe you're at empty. If you don't put any gas back in and the next day you try to drive your car, it's not going to work right. Um, so same idea goes for, um, not just protein intake after exercise, but also, um, for somebody who's really asking a lot of their body is replacing that glycogen. And that doesn't mean you need to go home and like eat three bagels, but <laughs> something goes a long way. My well, the, one of the best times to eat something nasty is right after a workout, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yes, with a caveat, because <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to take that sentence <laughs> yeah, and, and run with it. Be like, damn. All yeah, right. I'm a, pizzas. Yeah, I'm in the perfect spot. They have yeah. a donut right now. If I could eat it all within 30 minutes, yeah. I'll be good. But realistically, like just from a scientific standpoint, your body's gonna use your body's yeah. like a sponge at that point. Once you just finished a really intense workout, and it's it wants that, uh, you know, glycogen to replace the stuff that you burnt, and that's gonna help with the protein synthesis if you're getting adequate protein in. Um, my go-to is a banana and dates. Like dates. You got me on the dates. So every after every workout, I have a banana and dates and a protein shake. And like right now, I've been eating since what ten o'clock, and I trained two hours ago, and now it's what three almost. Um, but I feel, and this works for me. I feel like just getting that basic fruit and protein in after my training, I'm good for like a couple hours because I got the basic necessities out of the way. I don't need a meal just yet, but like my body at least has some glycogen to get back in there and it has protein to start building stuff back up. And uh, as long as like you get that in there in a reasonable amount of time, I'm not a huge believer in the anabolic window and it has to be like 20 minutes after your workout or it's wasted. Um, But just try to, you know, make it a, a point to get something in your body after you exercise so that you're not the whole you know theme of this episode is not wasting your your training session right if you train your ass off and then you don't eat or drink for the next five hours right and then you sleep like shit are you what's the point trying to get some i know i do are you guys trying to get some type of like fast digesting protein in fairly soon after your workout yeah like like a whey protein would be ideal but right i sometimes what i'll do is like have a smoothie um, like bananas, fruit, almonds, have a and a for you as soon as you're done, yeah. Yeah, and that's yep. like that's the ideal situation because right. you can down that, and then you know half hour later I'll be hungry again, and then yeah. I can have a meal or whatever. But you know my goal is, I, I struggle with keeping weight on and keeping muscle on, so you know that that works for me. But maybe someone that's trying to weight loss, you know, maybe they just you know try to have a little more protein and. Um, you know, less, and that's less that's where I think the nutrition most most specifically out of those things that we've talked about for recovery is the most customizable. Yeah. Based off of everyone's individual goals and right? lifestyle yeah. too. Right. Yeah. If you work like a ten hour shift and you're not somebody who can get you know break every two hours to yeah. eat, then you got to do what you got to do. Right. Right. Um, but I think on the average, like just having adequate intake. Uh, with the right meal or food choices beats timing. 
Yeah. Like the timing is important, especially if you're like a you know more competitive athlete or if you're a bodybuilder or something like that. Like the timing is that becomes more important. But if you're just training for general health and wellness and trying to make you know gains, then as long as you're adequately taking in the protein and and you know good sources of whole food, then I don't think you should get lost in the details all that much. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Um, on, on the Huberman Lamb, which is Andrew Huberman, he's the Stanford uh, uh, neuroscientist and uh, ophthalmologist. Anyways, he's got a he's got the Human Optimization podcast, and he's brought on some people on there. And actually, he, what the people that he brought on there were saying that it, it's the the evidence strongly suggests that the timing of when you eat is actually more important than what you eat. I mean, of course, you're not going to want to just at the right time eat a donut every every couple hours but um, it it is very influential even to the extent like and kind of where I see this too is like um, it, let's say if you're trying to set yourself up for good sleep right <clears throat> then you don't want to have um, your meal 30 minutes before you try and get yourself to sleep because it's going to spike your blood sugar levels you're going to be wired and less likely especially if that's problematic for you then having that two three hours before you're trying to get to sleep I think goes a long ways towards setting, lining everything up to do that well when it is time. Um, and then also, I think there's there's been a, a heap of, of or even a renaissance of the intermittent fasting crowd that I think have done very well with um, with the, the the remarkable gains that they they've had from intermittent fasting. And I think one bit of appeal that that has for a lot of people is that it's so easy to implement. And that's convenient, actually, because you just go in like windows. Yeah, and you don't have, you wake up and you don't have to worry about right. cooking or stopping for food or doing this and that and prepping and all that until you're like pretty much done your work day. Yeah, a lot of so people. you like you have like a whatever eight. You know, it's up to you which window you go. Ten, eight, six. <laughs> I think eight is typically one of the ones that are most considered maximizing benefits with uh, maximizing convenience, and it, it could be like a ten to six window. Mm. So, you have your first meal at 10 and then your last meal at 6. But then, uh, from what I remember, it puts your, um, <coughs> your, it essentially always has your cells in either a state of recovery or in a state of rebuilding. So, 24 hours throughout the day, once you go fasted, after, so fasting is like 3 or 4 hours after you hadn't, hadn't had anything, then it goes into that state of recovery, but it also... Um, has some cognitive benefits once you're fasted as well because that's when you start I don't know if you've noticed if you've ever tried any of this that when you're fasted you feel more alert you'll feel more actually energetic and then when you eat then that's when you the first time you eat kind of when you that energy level start to dip a little bit um, it's interesting it's, I think it's worth uh, experimenting with on, on yeah I think a lot of it too is like most people's problem with eating as they have too many calories and so that intermittent fasting for Absolutely, forces yeah. you to like you only have that window and so it's hard to get too many calories in if you're only yeah. eating within a six or eight right, hour and if you're disciplined with it yeah right. so i think from a recovery standpoint like you said the word experimenting with it's worth experimenting with right so everybody's bodies work differently and what time you eat and how much you eat and what you're eating like we all kind of know what's good options and what's not so good options yeah. Um, but experimenting with what works for you and your lifestyle and your body and your training schedule. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, keeping our 
uh, eyes gazed on our sleep because that's you know paramount and then taking a look at what we're eating and when we're eating it and how that affects our recovery not just our training well when I um, when I really went into the weeds about how because we all know how important sleep is but I, when I when I did the research on just how important I mean, there was a, a kind of downfall to that is because I got so obsessed with sleep learning how much of a difference it makes that I started getting sleep anxiety like I, my whole life was revolved around how do I get to sleep on time right. um, and then if I wasn't sleeping on time let's say it's 9.30 instead of 9 then I would start stressing out and trying to force myself to sleep and you know that doesn't yeah. work out well when you try to force get to sleep <laughs> um, but uh, one of the, the ways that I think made a difference for me because I started trying to every, everything in my life was to, to prepare me to be able to sleep well for the, for the, the night and that's where um, the intermittent fasting worked well for me because I noticed the chemical difference of, of being a, more prepared for bed when that time came. But the other thing that helped uh, quite a bit with everything in my life lining up to go to sleep well was having, paying very much attention to light discipline, which the amount of artificial light in our lives plays an, an absolute catastrophic effect on our ability to sleep well. So once it's past like sunset essentially, then I would make sure that all the lights are really turned down low, that I'm trying not to spend too much time looking at screens or looking at um, iPhones because even a little tiny nightlight that's this big to the wall, evidently that you go down the rabbit hole toward, down this and you'll get really, um, you'll get really depressed about everything <laughs> so maybe not but uh even evidently a little nightlight just like that or alarm clock will um, diminish your melatonin production by 50 percent but when you talk about the effect that those blue lights have and those those tv screens it absolutely wreaks havoc on right. your entire system yeah i can just feel that like after a certain point like if i walk into a room and Sarah has the lights yeah. all the way on, the dimmer up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, coming away. Yeah. <laughs> I've been shot. Yeah. <laughs> so she always like, I always like, like the lights are bright. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't let the sleep get away. Yeah. From like me. an opposite werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, so we talked about sleep, nutrition. Those are kind yeah. of like things that you can control with your recovery and not wasting your workouts, and then. I think stress is one that is kind of in your control, kind of not, but that also, like I was, so I have the whoop and it tracks your strain or your, like the, the strain that is put on your body throughout the day. And I was shocked when I found out, like when I started paying attention to stressful days versus not and, and the amount of strain that stress puts on your body, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Like right. I, I, you always hear like stress is bad for your body and yeah. all that, but like we do, I always tell this um, as an example, is we do the Fright Fest, which is like a big competition. There's like 300 people here. It's a pretty like stressful, intense day, but I'm not working out at all. And on that day, like to give an example, like the strain levels go from zero to 21. And I've never seen anything above like 18, even if I do like a three workouts in one day. Yeah. And then on that day, it was maxed out at, 21. Oh wow! And I didn't work out. It was just purely. It was just know, running around stress. trying to get things together for it. Yeah, right. yeah. And well, so, the mental stress, I think, I feel like is yeah can carry a lot further than physical stress too. Yeah, so and that's I, just a good example of how like stress 
like I wasn't recovering at all that yeah. day. So like if I if I'm stressed out and imagine if I did that and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like Murph after this or right. something. Just take, then you're not doing yourself head. any favors. Yeah, all just, really, you, yeah. you might be giving yourself a break from whatever some anxiety you've got going on right then. Right. But as far as your physical recovery, from, yeah, you're, you're I'm making it worse for yourself. Way in a deficit yeah. at that point, so yeah. to just dig even deeper would not be a good right. idea. So I think Wait. paying attention to your stress is important for recovery also. Uh, on yeah. that point, that is that maybe reminded me of something that I've started doing is that if I'm, if this is unheard of before in my younger days, if I noticed I didn't get good sleep, mm -hmm. I, I got three or four hours of sleep, whatever, it was just a terrible night for some reason, <clears throat> then I'll just not work out the next day. Yeah. That would that would have shocked my younger self. <laughs> yeah. But, but realizing with, with, with the knowledge that, that has come to us now, is that I know that me working out is just, is just me um, trying to succumb to an addiction, essentially, of, right. of that, that, that workout's chemical response. Yeah. Mm. But it, I'm not actually getting stronger by working out. Right. So if I'm looking for the long game rather than the short game, then I'll take the day off and let myself yeah. recover, and hopefully that will inspire me to get good sleep so I can work out the next day. Mm. Do you ever do like a really low impact workout just so you scratch that itch of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just it, get on a bike for two minutes. Also, I have to recognize my own tendencies is that yeah. I might be like, I might just get on, the, you know, get on the road for you know, a few minutes here. Yeah. Just keep it below a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's just fucking heaving. Yeah. I might just max out my deadlift. Today. You know what? I feel, I feel pretty good. good. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, okay, I get that. Things happen. Yeah. Do you guys, um, speaking of, um, before, before uh, floats my mind, do you guys take supplements? Yeah, I do. So creatine, creatine is protein, one, yeah. and then beta alanine are my, yeah. my three, and, the, and fish oil. Fish oil is a yeah, big and one And a multivitamin. Yeah, yeah, that's all I take, too. Yeah. So I, I don't have a long list of stuff. Oh, do you guys take athletic greens? I, it's in my, like... Uh, it's in my protein powders, greens, but it's not, it's just like green superfoods. So. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sure it's so, the same stuff. Right, athletic greens, I, know, I saw someone in there that had athletic greens. Anyways, I think that, based off of all the stuff that I take individually, athletic greens co covers a lot of those bases. Mm -hmm. And it, it also, in the, in the way those, a lot of those super greens, I think, are, is that they're much more bioavailable than the same old vitamin. Yeah. <laughs> but I take fish oil, for the inflammation response and and the the laundry list of, of good mental benefits that it gives and um, and then of, of course creatine so but I try and at least point people in those directions yeah. because you're going to get a lot more out of the workouts with if you have a short list of supplements that you're regular on as well and the best thing about like the supplements that work is they're generally cheaper so like you oh can yeah find, yeah like we sell. HMB plus creatine, which is a little bit more expensive, yeah. but you can find like a good plain creatine right, monohydrate for dirt cheap. Yeah. yeah, super cheap. And then fish oil, you know, right. it's not it's not super expensive for what it is. Um, and you know, fish oil, everybody should be taking that. Absolutely. Yep. Protein is kind of everywhere. Everybody yep. knows there's a million different ones, but you know, we and so have and if yeah, if you're willing to come in here and just put all that hard work into an hour, even if it's an hour a day, and that's it. Right. Then if you can make that hour far more effective, I think those are, that's a small price to pay yeah. with a few supplements, you know? Yeah, and uh, we kind of skipped hydration, but like super broad stroke on this, but if we're, 
if we're chronically dehydrated, there's, well, one, you're not, your body's going to um, react to that before it wants to react to rebuilding muscle. Like that's more of a priority, right? Yeah. Um, and this reminds me of something else that I'll try to jump back into if I don't forget. So we need enough water in our body so that we can um, support those metabolic processes. If there's not enough water in our body, we, we just don't have uh, the matrix to do the work yeah. that the body needs to do to recover. Um, and, and just not even from a training standpoint, just to function as a person, you need to stay hydrated. Um, that doesn't mean you need to drink three gallons of water a day. A lot of times people overdo it and just yeah, end up, sure. um, you know, peeing out all the yeah. mi- minerals in their body cause they just chug and chug and chug. Um, so drink when you're thirsty until you're not thirsty anymore as many times as you need a day. Well, there's also, um, just to throw in there real quick before it goes on to something else, that it's also a good idea if you wake up with some Himalayan sea salt and you want to sprinkle some of that in there as your first cup. That way you're not just flooding your system of water and nutrients. Right, and that segues into electrolytes, right? Yeah. So nutrition or hydration isn't just about drinking much water. It's about upkeeping optimal levels of, of electrolytes in your body. Things like sodium, magnesium, yeah. potassium. Um, if you, especially salt, that's a big one, sodium, right? This has been like, for whatever reason, demonized by the nutritional industry for a long time and oh salt's bad and hypertension and this that and really the science is not there to support that that's really true um and actually the opposite for i i tell people who i train athletes bodies are different they don't work on a different you know uh, playbook, but they require different things because right. you're requiring different stimulus from them, right? Yeah. You're asking a lot more from your body than most people do. You need to unfortunately, replace, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> um, you need to replace the salts that you sweat out. Even if you're not like completely drenched at the end of the workout, you still burnt a lot of those uh, electrolytes in your in your workout, and you need to replace them. And what that does is helps our body retain the water that you drink. Yeah. If you're depleted of electrolytes. The water's in and out, and right. it's not getting held in the cells, and the ones that need repair, the muscle yeah. cells that you broke down. Um, so I, I use noon tablets quite a bit. I salt every meal. Um, I try to, you know, keep the pink sea salt yeah. close when the I'm tablets, when I'm yeah. cooking. Noon tablets are great. The liquid IV there. Yep. Um, Pedialyte for those yeah. of you out there, is simple stuff. But um, especially after a day where you're like completely drenched, if you're not replacing that stuff, uh, it's definitely going to hinder your recovery. Yeah. That, that also, speaking of recovery, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about just how devastating alcohol is for recovery. That was the one that I said <laughs> I didn't want to forget. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay to go out there and tie one off every now and again, but just know that you are drastically um, impending your recovery. It's, yeah. it's absolutely one of the worst things for you, even including even hard drugs. It's right. worse than a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's a study that showed one night of drinking like multiple beers or, you know, basically one night of getting drunk is going to be, is going to ruin five days of working yeah, out. Yeah. And, and so like, just think about that every time you go out, is right. this worth wasting a week of workouts? Yeah. yeah. All that work, all that hard, yeah. hard effort that you put in and you're just pretty much erasing yeah. the slate for it. And, and I get like a recovery score. I keep mentioning Whoop on this, but uh, <laughs> they're not our sponsors. Where's our money? I'm not getting money from them, but uh, but they give you like a lot of them. The wearables give you like a recovery score. Yeah. And I mean, I probably drink alcohol maybe once a year, and yeah. so I can see 
clearly like when I drink, it's like my recovery score is just oh, shot. Oh, like plummets, my yeah. HRV is normally you know ninety, and it right. drops down to fifty. My heart rate is elevated. Like well, it's it's very substantial. At least here's what here's what I would advise towards if you are drinking. Then if you're not already, become obsessive about hydration. And I've, yeah. I, I've learned through that process, if you are, you're not gonna feel anything the next day. Yeah. If you do it right. If, if you're not just guzzling 20 beers in a row, but let's say you have a beer and then you have whatever, liquid IV, or, and you take some some turmeric root or some um, what, curcumin, curcumin, some inflammation response type of stuff. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if, you're, if you're drinking wisely, which, um, I think that's the first time you've ever said that. But, <laughs> then you're not you're not going to suffer so much the next day. So I yeah. drink with the intention of not not waking up miserable. Yeah, you know? that's why I don't drink anymore. Because the older I got, I just feel yeah, like yeah, the, the worse the, the, like, the more you feel like a train it. ran you over, yeah. and the bigger yeah. the train gets. Yeah. yeah, it's not for any specific reason. I just yeah. don't like the feeling the next oh, day. Oh, terrible! It's, horrible. Yeah, it's like terrible. a I view it kind of like a double headed dragon and. Not to say that, like, there's no place in your life for alcohol ever. Like, obviously, you know, you there's a smart way to do it and not a smart way to do it, like Levi said. But um, when you put that into your body, right, it's a toxin, a poison, for lack of a better term. So you, as, like, a threat detection response, your body automatically wants to metabolize that first. So, like, any other metabolic process that's happening, say you're, hey, I'm recovering from that hard training session I did. And I have a couple beers your body's no longer gonna focus energy on recovering the muscle. It's gonna, reco it's gonna focus on metabolizing that poison you yep. just put in your system. Right. And then not only that, but the other head of the dragon is that causes a cascade uh, effect on your hormones and on, even more so to bring it back on your sleep, right? Because yeah. alcohol has a pretty bad effect sleep, on yeah. the hormone response while you're sleeping yeah. um, and your ability to get into REM cycle and all that stuff, which you know we already talked about that ad nauseum with its yeah. effect on recovery. Um, one last one. This has been a long episode, but <laughs> we, we're nerding out, getting all science-y. Right. Right. Um, my last one with recovery is anything that increases uh, blood flow, that low impact that increases blood flow. So when I do my elements, I say, all right, well, here, think of like yoga, um, swimming, massage, foam rolling, hiking, even stretching, yeah. hiking. Yeah. All those things, the thing they have in common, the, the common thread between all of them is it promotes, uh, you know, high levels of blood flow with right. low impact. And realistically, to, to flush your system and to provide, you know, the circulatory system carries the nutrients to the muscle groups that are repairing, right? If you damaged them, they need to repair. The blood, you can keep flushing over there consistently. Right, all the be... lymphatic system, yeah. the, the circulatory system, that stuff is, you know, it's there to help your body repair. Yeah. Um, and if you don't use it, like laying on the couch for a day isn't going to be an, a great recovery method yeah, unless you're complete yeah. if you have like complete nervous system like you just went through buds yeah lay on the couch for a day and like yeah. sleep but for most people if you're sore the worst thing to do is to not move yeah the best thing to do is light impact high blood flow type movements yeah you know go for a swim or hike a mountain at you know a pretty light hike yeah. or um even that's the same deal as massage and well, that's foam the, rolling. Yeah, that's the same thing though. I mean, those like stems machines like the Mark Pro or yep. the, uh, what's the other one? The Compact. Com yeah. Compact. Yeah, Compact Head. Yeah, yeah, all they're doing is uh, kind of mimicking a, a hike. 
So if you yeah, they like flex flushing, the muscle. Flushing yeah. and full of blood over and over and over again. You can literally fall asleep with those on. Yeah. You can do it all night, but it's the same thing as when you're hiking. You're just flexing and then relaxing, flexing and relaxing. Right. And I guess the difference would be one is active recovery, right? Like going for a hike, you have to, you still kind of have to use some energy to do that versus a passive recovery where maybe you're laying down getting a massage. Yeah. That's also promoting blood flow, but you don't have to do it. Right. So it's, there's times and places for both of those things. Um, but the, the common thread between is that you're increasing blood flow, which is going to help recover your, your body. And that, I think to add one more thing is like overall to not waste your workout, you need to have a balance between your workout strain, like beating up your body and then a balance of your recovery. So if you're really good at recovering, then yeah, maybe you can push it a little bit more. But if you yeah. know, you know, you don't sleep as much, you, you're, you know, stressed out a lot, then maybe don't work out as much. And so finding that balance yeah. is really the key. And, um, and I think you know, if there's one takeaway is to try to find that balance and it is hard to do that. It's, it's, you know, you right. need to be really in touch with how you feel and your body and all that. Yeah. Um, and how so, familiarity yeah. with it. And even and there's even things outside your control, like your genetics and your age, yeah. like those things you can't do anything about. And so recognizing that if you are, you know, in your seventies and you know, you can't recover as well, as when you were in your yeah. 20s or so it's you know maybe you can't work out as hard and you spend more time on you know recovery and skills and flexibility yeah. so well that well, i'm gonna pile on one more too because i, <laughs> I thought of something uh before our our little sound mishap went on i know tyler was talking about how he he kind of of course seen too many people doing a bunch of volume training mm -hmm. and the thought that enters my head is i cringe too when i see people that are just Workout after workout after they've done their normal workout, then they're piling on way more after that. And I want to pull them aside, and sometimes I'll, as I do I actually pull them aside and be like, You're gonna be best served. I know you have intentions and you get some good, you get some good mental responses from being able to work out. But as far as get, getting the most, the best adaptation, you're pounding yourself into oblivion with that volume. So if you rather, if you spend that time that you're doing, doing the next workout, the next workout after that, if rather you spend 30 minutes doing uh, some soft tissue work, mm -hmm. then that's going to go so much further as far as, far as your adaptation goes mm -hmm, right. than or just preparing. crushing yourself with volume. Yeah, or preparing meals. Yeah, yeah. something other yeah. than... This is a, like my own personal uh, tactic, but something I think is useful to share. If you, if you can find a way to mentally approach your food, your recovery, and your sleep the way you do your working out, and apply that same level of like discipline and consistency and getting after it like get after sleep get after enough protein throughout the day yeah get after drinking enough water just as much as you w would want to like get after the workout right um i'm gonna sleep so hard yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> sleep you can yeah. go ask my wife she's like you are manic about like Oh, I didn't need enough protein. I'm like, well, because <laughs> yeah. it's important to me. Because it is I know if I don't, then I I kind of wasted today. Like right, today, right. what what we did with that workout. Like, oh I'm, man, yeah. If I don't do the right, make the right steps over the next twenty four hours, I'm that's not going to be good. Right, for me. and it's all wasted effort. Yeah, it's wasted yeah. effort. So I don't want to. I want to get a complete return on my yeah. investment. I view my my workout as right. an investment, and I want to get complete return on it, if not more. Yeah. Right, and if if I can control those variables, then I will. Yeah, absolutely. Get protein to the biceps. Yeah. <laughs> That's my biggest goal in life. <laughs>
But I don't. I think the reason why people don't do that is because it's not a visible. It's not visible, yeah. especially right. in a community setting. It's like you see somebody come in and like crush it every day, yeah. but you don't ever see what like right. they do at home most most of the time. You don't see the other twenty hours of their day. Right. Um. And like, I'll tell you as a coach, the people who like can consistently put in high intensity and make consistent progress and strength and muscle mass. They are the best eaters, the best sleepers, the best recovery. Absolutely. Look at like Jordan Lavoie's buying freaking ice tub at her house and doing sauna and uh, just the you know one random example. But somebody who's making continuous progress, they're also putting that same level of discipline on recovering. Well, you've got a nice tub at your house too. Yeah, shout out to the ice bath, baby. (laughs) Blood flow. Well, I think yeah. yeah, And the higher you go up in that food chain. The more you'll see that, the more important that recovery becomes. Yeah, and like even you know, I'm almost forty. I maybe I'm only working out three days a week now, but I sleep well, I eat well, and so I'm able to you stay stay close. Yeah, a high level I'm not going to yeah. win workouts, but I you know every day I'm right. pretty pretty close to the top. Of I said this uh, when we did the moms one about like Sarah was saying like how she's not training as much as she used to and stuff and I yeah. said thank god you eat like a samurai. Right. <laughs> yeah. you, you've held on right. to like all your muscle mass yeah. and, all, and a lot of your performance and stuff just because right. of her discipline with nutrition and yeah. Well that's actually goes such on a the long other way. flip side of that coin someone could if they didn't like working out in here if they dialed in that stuff then they'd get even further than if they didn't if they worked out every single day for the rest of their life, yeah, they could work out three times a week like you, and right. and still get more from it if they dialed into recovery. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, it's just from a pure mathematics standpoint. It's like that's where most of your life happens is when you're not training. Yeah. So they make that good too, not just the one hour you're in here. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I I owe most of that to Sarah. Like when I met her, I was a 130 pound little guy. And uh, she got you on the she wrong was like, milk. I'm gonna feed that guy and <laughs> turn him into like, <laughs> now, dude. Normal looking. Yeah. You are 165, 175. Yeah. USDA grade A beef. Right. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I think that can. We got a long one today. Yeah. I think we can do a whole episode on each of these recovery Oh, for sure. Yeah. Over. We all yeah. got pretty nerdy. Yeah. I was like, I control myself. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you can bring your uh, articles. We're gonna and, get, yeah, I'm going to get into like, the PowerPoint. Yeah, get your white lab coat out. <laughs> Beakers. <laughs> protein powder. Protein. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see you guys uh, next time. <laughs>